beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Girth. So what bar did you say you work at? Pacific Junction Hotel. Okay. Did you want to mention the bar in the interview, or you just wanted to be just an actress a happening, hipping? Um, I, don't mind. I don't mind talking about working here. Okay. I think the bar is part of how I've gotten the opportunity to do what I do. How did the bar get become the opportunity to do what you do? Well, um, when I decided to sort of uh, go back to training and figure out what who I was as an artist, I started working at Betty's. Um, and I basically worked both bars for almost two years, saving money to go to London. And uh, Alex, Anne-Marie... Uh, Tomas, all of the management, Michaela, uh, Tuyen, they were all very, very supportive of me pursuing my dreams and uh, became sort of a family. I remember uh, uh, before I actually did the audition for Lambda, I uh, would practice up in the Betty's basement upstairs with a coach and um, would ask my coworkers to listen to my monologue and you know see that I was getting my lines right and all that kind of stuff so I always felt really supported there and even after I left um, people were always happy to uh, hear and catch up with me about what I was doing um, inquiring with me showing me their support uh, and even actually two of my coworkers came to see my final show and graduation so they came all the way to London, England. Wow, that's to cool. Co- see me perform and graduate. So that's the type of place this place is. They really harness and foster um, people, uh, not just workers, mm-hmm. and pr- um, show support and loving uh, beyond just the restaurant and the, the work that's done in the restaurant. If there's other ventures involved, mm-hmm. uh, like music or comedy or uh acting um that you know we've always felt that we've had this place in our corner which i think is really important which makes sense now why girls radio is now in your corner too right yeah why this kind exactly. of all it's like a natural evolution yeah exactly it's the it's underemphasized how much support is for a creative person or an artistic oh, yes, person absolutely. like and it could be a simple different like you just said it's a number of different ways just somebody listening mm-hmm. they don't even have to put on pants and come to england necessarily exactly. just listening or baking some cookies or yeah. just a kind word whatever it is it's so important mm-hmm. to help get you to where you're going mm-hmm. especially living in a place like london on your own uh it it can be really grueling and to have that sort of support keeps you going and makes the work so much more important because um, you want to show something of yourself, I think. I think you want to to make people proud, you know. So the work becomes so much more than just, you know, acting or, you know, getting up on stage and making people laugh or cry or whatever it is that you do so why why london then out of like you want to go to london obviously to study acting Mm -hmm. so why Um, london out of like everywhere because you were yeah you came from toronto right yeah i have dual citizenship that was a big thing because my mom is scottish so i could i ultimately was hoping to go there and move there permanently um and 
Lambda, uh, I had met the artistic director there in my first training program down at George Brown in the distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had spoken to us about uh, postgraduate programs. And it was something that was already always sort of in the back of my mind, but I didn't think was really a, a possibility because of money or, you know, whatever. And um, I, one of my friends that I graduated with from George Brown actually ended up going to the program the year before me. And that really got it in my head. Uh, or I'd, and, uh, I'd found, and she had found out even earlier than that. So I, I sort of made this decision very, very quickly that, you know, I wasn't happy for whatever reason here uh, at the place in the place that where I was at at that time as an artist and I just felt like it wasn't happening something nothing something wasn't clicking and um, I really put all my eggs in one basket with Lambda because it's a, a renowned school it's one of the best in the world um, and <clears throat> right now it's it's a hot it's a hot place you know there's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch that's come out of there um, Rory Kinnear, uh, some, I think, uh, uh, Kim Cattrall went there. There's, I mean, um, uh, John Lithgow. There's so many people that have, that have come through that place. Um, the most recent, uh, winner of best actor from the Oscars this year went there. So it's just, it's a, it looks impressive, uh, A, to go there and B, uh, it was a huge goal to say that I could get into a place that was of that high of a caliber. I mean, it's been around for longer than our country. It's yeah. over 150 years old, so. and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And the training there was amazing, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It was definitely worth the travel, going all the way there, and, and the money, and the time, and the grueling hours. You know, because we it was a master's program done in an entire year, 12 months. So the hours were intensive to say the least before sure. we kind of go down this road on uh, the master's program and the real reason why we're here to discuss your new play um i just want to go back at the beginning how did you know you were like an actress how did uh, how did that bug that's what oh, it's called right the yeah, bug the bug yeah. yeah um well i actually was really creative since i was a baby um my parents have a story about me insisting every single time we went up or down the stairs uh stopping them where we had a stained glass window and insisting on tracing the entire stained glass before we could go up or down the stairs and it happened every time (laughs) okay uh so you know i just had i loved visual things i loved being creative the moment they started asking us that question and in school you know what do you want to be when you grow up i always are answered to be an artist um and I knew that I wanted to be an actor as I got more involved in, you know, extracurricular activities that were, and I had, I was drawn to things like dance and art um, and theater. Uh, and I took um, a program at Young People's Theater, uh, now called uh, the Lorraine Kinza Theater for Young People. And, um, did their summer programs and just fell in love with acting and could not uh, get my mind off it and would talk about it to my parents and how I wanted to get, you know, coaching, more coaching and an agent and all kinds of stuff. And they wanted me to wait. And so I did, but I'm, I, in high school, even 
uh, ended up skipping a grade because I was more advanced in the theater program and you know did got a hand at directing there and just have always really been passionate and interested in the arts um, particularly performance art whether it be dance or acting um, and also visual arts very much so so I I think um, there's an opportunity to exercise all those things when creating your own work, um, like what we were what we're here for today with Eigenbrau. Um, it's this is the first opportunity I've really had to amalgamate all those things and put them together, um, and sort of create a package with a group of people that I'm really proud of. So you go to a party now, uh, you're a full-fledged adult, adultish, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you go to a party now and you introduce yourself to somebody. What is it you say that you do when the inevitable question comes up, what do you do? My name is <coughs> Olivia and I... Um, I'm an actor and model. I started modeling as well. Uh, <clears throat> mostly when I was at Betty's working, trying to save money for London and didn't have the time really to dedicate myself to a project in acting, modeling... Um, is a really great way of being creative and still exercising your acting skills but uh, you know a shoot will take the most of the day mm -hmm. so um that really took off and i continued to do that actually when i was in london and still now um it's just another i just look at it as another medium of of acting because i'm not necessarily asked to do the regular fashion editorial projects it's mostly artistic projects and things that require some sort of acting skill you told me the story about the uh the painting or something you were covered in blue paint or something uh blue covered in blue paint no that's victoria victoria uh at betty's was i uh, did a modeling oh, okay. uh, thing where she was covered in blue paint i remember seeing that actually when i was in london she it was a version of van gogh's starry night that was painted on her and her boyfriend actually has done a recent mural on her back that was done in an art gallery show that's yeah. cool. That's yeah, fun. yeah. But uh, a lot of the stuff that I've done for modeling um, is mostly uh, with just other artists that are really intrigued by um, my overall energy as an artist and how that can be portrayed in in uh, still photography. And what draws a lot of photographers to me is my my skill in acting and the ability to convey emotion on command quite easily. Um, <coughs> So lots of portraiture work and um, uh, artistic nudes and, you know, all kinds of really interesting stuff, movement-based photography. Uh, it's been all across the map with that, and it's always been a really good exercise for my acting work, especially coming from a theatre background and going into film and wanting to take that step into film and television, but being absolutely terrified of a camera, as most people are. Um, I have no fear of, of camera <laughs> anymore <laughs> because um, I've been in, I've been sort of training myself slowly to get used to them. Well, you mentioned the nudes. I mean, once you've done that, once you've crossed that yeah. line, <laughs> yeah. then it's like that's yeah. as vulnerable as you can get. Yes, right? exactly. So yeah. there's nothing. There's nowhere else to go after that. No, I'm definitely not shy. Yeah. Um, and that and and that's also been really informative for you know directors and all that kind of stuff to know that. You know, I'm comfortable with my body and my sensuality, as it were, and I'm not going to be afraid to, you know, do more sensually based scenes and scene work. And a lot of contemporary stuff has 
sex in it now you know it's just yeah. sort of mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just sort of the way it spicy goes moments. yeah there's always a spicy moment yeah. somewhere and um i think to be able to be really comfortable in your own skin with that is i mean it not everyone has it and isn't necessarily important it's just it helps it helps the situation it helps everyone in the situation make feel comfortable because they're not you know they're not necessarily and coddling you, you and being like, oh, are you okay? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's not, it looks spicy, but it's not spicy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And is that a challenge as well? Um, being comfortable in your own skin, not just as an actor, but also as a woman? Kind of balancing the two because... Yeah, absolutely. We have all those Dove commercials and stuff, mm-hmm. right? That I think, I think um, you know, I, when I was young and when I was attracted to acting was that I could I could be another person and and especially when I was younger I was insecure about you know whatever when you're young and growing up and becoming into your own and sort of I found along the way an empowerment in in my individuality and the way I looked um, as I got older and chose made a very conscious choice to to, to love it in all its glory and um, to use it as a tool in every way in my acting, in any movement or dance work, um, in modeling, uh, because it, you know, it's, it's all I've got. Mm-hmm. And um, I I better love it because you <laughs> shake what your mama gave I, you. Yeah, I, I mean it's I'm stuck with it one way or another, and I think a lot of um, people respond to confidence most of the time they don't care really what you actually look like it's how you carry yourself that really people pay attention to in in all in all forms whether you're just you know moving through the world every day or in when you're walking into an audition room when you're walking onto a photo shoot set any of that kind of stuff if you if you really uh, know yourself and exude that confidence it's going to make people feel comfortable and at ease and be drawn to you and to work with you further and all that kind of stuff I, I recognized the the value in that confidence very early on um, especially uh, in my first training program at George Brown one of our teachers talked about um an interview that was done with a bunch of casting directors asking why American actors get parts more than Canadian part, uh, Canadian actors get parts. And essentially the answer was that Americans walk in with more confidence and they're not apologetic and, and, you know, Oh, sorry, I'm just going to do my monologue mm. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, they just come in with this real, um, gusto and knowing who they are and what they represent presence presence and that really stuck with me that that statement that she made and um, th- I think that was a huge turning point for how I moved through the world as as an artist and really believing in myself because no one will believe in you if you don't believe in yourself really yeah. <laughs> no it makes sense then, yeah it's been it's been great a lot of people always tell me you know you're so confident you're so comfortable with yourself and i think uh you know at the end of the day there's so many artists out there you have to find out what's unique about you and and harness that because we're there's too far too many of us to us all try to be the same thing <laughs> <You> yeah <just laughs> 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I know. You can't all be ketchup, right? Somebody has to be mustard and somebody has to be relish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff you've been talking about, uh, the confidence, uh, using your what you've got, using uh, recognizing your flaws, accepting them, mm-hmm. all of that, has that kind of been instinctual as you're developed as an artist or was that from some of that coming from your education either at George Brown or in the UK? Um, I think part it was partly through my education. I think, you know, actors, when they choose to go into training programs or take classes, they, um, or even just being an actor and walking into an audition room, you're asking for people to critique you. And you have to be really open to that. And you don't always have to take the criticism. You don't always have to listen to it. Sometimes it's not always right. But you should always be open to it and allow it to... Um, uh, have certain be digested um, in your mind and, and really take it into consideration. And I think um, you know some of the some of the things that were said to me in terms of critiques were about confidence and about really uh, not being scared or nervous. Um, and I don't think it was as much of an issue once I got to Lambda because I was so much more secure in what I wanted and what I wanted out of that experience. Um, but I think it, re- it it really did start um, at George Brown or um, it started to actually change. I think the, the ideas and the seeds of the ideas were there before George Brown, but they really... Um, instilled in me an idea of not being afraid and being scared of what's going to happen if I screw up or whatever. No one really cares. I mean, if you, it's, they care if you screw up something like on the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> in the rehearsal process or, you know, anything like that. Um, there's grace. Yeah, there's always grace. And I think uh, it's what is natural about it is that I'm open to it. I think a a lot of people wouldn't be. Um, They'd be more closed off the more um, they were, they were uh, critiqued and and told to change or, or um, adjust things, I should say, not change, but adjust. Uh, Almost sensitive in a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to take critiques, especially with something like acting because, you know, it's not like you, it's not like a, a painting where it's outside of you it's you're doing it and you're experiencing these things and you're being so open and vulnerable and and touching on absolute truth that exists in all of us that and just needs to be harnessed and tapped into and I think that um I I think it's very hard for someone to go through all of that and then stop and have someone yeah that was great but when you did this that I didn't really believe that and that seemed kind of flat and you know like it's just it's it's hard to yeah. do, to to go there and to really be the in it and then be taken right out of it and just be expected to look at it so clinically and and like work you're in the UK now how did you find the UK um was it I, rainy was it I loved the UK um, it's a hard place to live, London, and uh, but what makes it so hard? Just uh, just it's there. It's a real grind there. You know, it's um, it's the biggest one of the biggest metropolises in the world. It's one of it's the first Western c- city as we know them, um, and 
you just get this real sense that everyone is in this machine and they're all uh, they're all racing in it together like it's a, the true sense of an idea of the rat race um, there's a lot of you can you get a very strong sense of the difference in wealth there you get a very strong sense of desperation you know people who don't have enough money who uh, can't afford to to eat you know it, most people strive to just own a, f a flat there or an apartment not like a house you know it's a, yeah. here it's about getting your own house and getting yeah. your own property but there it's like oh i'm gonna get <laughs> my own apartment <laughs> it's, it's just a different world there and i mean the weather doesn't help it's definitely not as rainy as they said it would be I, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to rain all the time. But I mean, for the first month I was there, it didn't it barely rained at all. And um, it's not that it rains a lot, like all the time. It's that the weather there is very erratic. Um, I actually found out when I was studying there that historically London is um, in the middle of two weather patterns that constantly clash with one another and that's why like it will be sunny and beautiful like it is today and then suddenly like 10 minutes go by and there are black clouds rolling in with this huge storm and it will go on for like two three hours and then it's gone and it's beautiful again i've never seen so many rainbows in wow. my life that's i saw nice. a lot of rainbows there it was lovely <laughs> um but uh yeah it london Ha because of that grind I think there's a lot of creativity that comes out of it I mean so much amazing music art um, fine art theater is huge there and that's what drew me to it was because the 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 real uh, love for theater that they have there and it's not just you know theater people and artists that are into theater there I mean it's your average Joe like construction worker that will go to see a Shakespeare because that's just it's just a part of their culture and what they do it's they go to see a theater show to have fun as well and it, that that's where the real difference is between here and there and I think it's changing here but um, I was really drawn to the idea of not having to like apologize or fight for the fact that I was an actor like <laughs> here people be like um so what do you do and you say oh I'm an actor and they're like oh okay oh real tough job or whatever <laughs> I, you know whatever they say and but there they, you'd say oh I'm a theater actor I'm like oh cool like what what do you do and mm. you, know, so, you know I'd say when I was there I'm in a theater program for classical theater and oh my gosh oh Shakespeare and I just and it, and it was just the the reception of it was just so much better. It's nicer. It's warmer. Yeah, it was warmer. It's it felt more accepted and important there to a point. But did I you have trouble crossing the street as well? Oh yeah, and I was riding my bike over there too. Oh, so I had impossible. to constantly remind myself to be on the left hand side. Actually, I was I got so good at it that there's been a couple times here um, where I've found myself accidentally riding on the left side of the road, and it's actually mostly when I start daydreaming about the show that we're doing because it's it's set in London uh so when I start really getting into the world of being in London and what it's like <laughs> you if cross I'm on my over. bike suddenly I've it's happened actually more than once now oh dear. Well, so I need to stop daydreaming yeah, about safety the play first. <laughs> safety first about when I'm when I'm biking yeah yeah 
No, it's cool. I when I was I've been to London uh, twice now, and mm-hmm. it's nice because they have um, when you're in like the downtown areas and stuff like that, the more touristy areas. They also say on the streets they have that little sign that says "Look left." Yeah. Right, and it's cu- nice and whatever. My oh, aunt, they, they even write it right on the road. Yeah, right on the road. <laughs> and my aunt, unfortunately, though, lives in a nice neighborhood, a suburban neighborhood, or whatever. So once you get out to there, there's nothing on the signs. There's oh. No, so hey. then I would forget, and I would just nearly get run over. Oh or a lot. yeah, and they're crazy drivers. Yeah, and they yell really at you aggressive. and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like sawed off and oh dear and like yeah. So yeah, where awkward. does your where does your aunt live? Um, well, she passed away a couple of years oh, ago, I'm but sorry. she lived in um, a place called Tottingham Hill or something. Oh, some, okay, yeah. something hill. Anyways, it was a nice area and kind of chill and yeah. had a fence and stuff. So <laughs> you graduate now uh, from the London from this really prestigious school. Uh, you and Benedict Cumberbatch and everybody else, <laughs> <laughs> all together, all together, <laughs> yeah, same year. <laughs> and you're all like this fantastic trained. Actress, you're aware of your flaws. You're aware of what your, your your assets are, and then what do you do? How do you then transition from like the school world to real life world, which is a little bit more colder and crueler? Oh yes, and um, they don't care what you're doing. Yeah, they call it the graduate blues, and I think a lot of my f- my fellow lambdites from that year are are all, we're all feeling it, and we're just coming out of it now. I think this is it's about a year now. Um, almost since we graduated, we graduated in late September and, um, essentially I had this idea that I was going to be staying in, in London and, um, it didn't quite go that way for a couple of reasons, but there was an opportunity here that popped up with something that they call showcase. Essentially a school will, you know, present their graduates to the professional world um, in a very short performance. You do a couple of scenes with the scene partner. They have, they are often something that are within your, uh, your typecasting, I guess, the, your type. Um, they don't, casting directors, you know, want to see what they would likely see you in. Or would cast you as. You told me once you had what was a a bitch face or what was a uh, resting bitch face. Yeah. yeah, is that what that was your type or something? Is that what you were talking about? What's your type? Uh, yes, I'm kn- I'm known to play them what they would call bitchier characters. Yeah, um, strong characters, crazy characters, angry characters, very smart characters, um, people that have a lot of power. I hold a lot of power, um, and a part of that is. Um, my general look um and then a part of that is sort of the weight that i carry um and and through life i carry a lot i'm very grounded as they would say so um i i think it's a combination of those but it's definitely very much the fact that i am taller and i you know i'm i'm not very thin i've got a, a, a more muscular body um and uh can look quite fierce if i want to <laughs> fierce is a better word yeah, there that's what i was looking yeah. for yeah. <laughs> okay. so um i think that is the main reason why um but i really like i like sort of challenging that idea of, of cast types and really like to try and play things if i can and if people will let me uh things that are away from what my casting would be like lighter characters more you know people like um Blanche from Streetcar Named Desire and stuff like that. Anyway, the showcase went really, really well because we did 
I helped organize it um, with my school. I had done it with George Brown the previous year. There's a third party uh, program called Theatre Ontario that holds a showcase for all of the graduating programs um, in Canada. And we got in touch with them. We signed up with for the showcase. It went off without a hitch. Everyone loved us. There's only four of us from that program that, that could do it because the rest of the, the kids were American. It's uh, an international program. So they always have a handful of Canadians, but they always end up mostly being American. Um, and the opportunities here were just so strong. And the interest here was just so strong that wasn't totally existing in London um right now uh because I was so new and I had just all I had done was go to Lambda they were like okay that's great like I don't know any of the other stuff that you've done I don't it was just sort of like being a newborn baby being plopped into the middle of this community and, and having to really start from scratch and I think I could have done it within about a year's time from when I had graduated but I didn't want to wait and more importantly I didn't want to miss out on the opportunities that were being presented to me here and although I love London and wanted to stay there and it was so hard to come back because I wanted to stay in that creative hotbed of incredibleness and where so much is going on and it's just so much bigger and energetic and electrifying than anything I've ever experienced it was I realized that the things that I was so attracted to over there it was my responsibility if I wanted them to exist on that level here to make that happen as a Canadian artist and and that gets interesting be a part of that change because that's I mean New York City fits in the same thing as London right mm -hmm. where everything is so big mm -hmm. that if you just if you just want to like just put out a book or something that's almost a small dream it's too yeah. small yeah if you want to revolutionize literature yeah now you're yeah. in like london <laughs> and new york city right yeah, and exactly, it's, exactly. And it's the same thing right and toronto kind of falls in that small kind of slash humble maybe even that canadian thing that you were talking about which mm -hmm. is that kind of shy or mm -hmm. apologetic thing which is like i just want to do my little acting and then just go home and have <laughs> a sandwich and it's changing very much here very very much i think what they call the indie theater scene, which is what we're sort of a part of with this project, um, is is really up and coming here. And it's happening here, very much so, in terms of the amount of work that's going on and how often it's going on and how many people are getting engaged and all that kind of stuff. It's going beyond the, the theater community of, um, now. And I think that's really important. But um, And I think I've caught wave at the right time that's good um and definitely want to be a, a part of building it with all of these amazing people that i've met and the people that i'm in hope in the future i will meet and continue to meet but um i think you know we we want to be on this international level and we're so close we're, we're just like right there i mean there's you know so so much going on here and uh you know there there's already sort of like the broadway um versions of theater companies here but now the, the idea of like the versions of off off broadway and all that kind of stuff are starting to pop up infrastructure these, yeah with indie theater and i think that's just going to continue to blossom for sure so uh i yeah i think i made i know i made the right decision in coming back and 
um, I know that my dreams of working internationally will come out of the work that I do here because uh, it will be um, more of a, um, a jump off point to really have the opportunity to do these great things and then show it to the world and um, uh, get the interest of other artists and people that I met over there and people that I know from uh, that I went to school with in the States and really continue on this journey together of working together for the rest of our careers. You talked about how Americans get more parts uh, because of the whole confidence thing. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your own, you have this weight and this presence. In terms of that, um, why is ambition sometimes so hard for some Canadian either actors or Canadian artists? Like, we almost seem shy, like we don't want to just, it's almost like we don't want to disrupt the system or something because Americans and other people seem very, they're very open about their ambition and what they want to achieve and they're mm -hmm. not, they don't apologize for it. Yeah. This is what yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah. You want to come along? It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, exactly. I think ambition is kind of a dirty word here and um, I don't, I don't really know why. I think it's very much a, a cultural thing. And you can see it in a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, you can see it in, our politics you can see it in well, maybe not so much right now but <laughs> uh you can see it in our politics you can see it in our s social structures you can see it in um I the way uh art is supported here and this type of things that come out and the th type of things that are supported as opposed to the things that aren't supported um you know, the more controversial things aren't always done. And uh, some, or not all the time, but sometimes they're people shy away from them and they shy away from really bold, you know, uh, guns blazing kind of attitudes. Um, but I think that um, there's a way of being ambitious without making people feel nervous and I think I mean as much as we as Canadians are, uh, are possibly scared off by that or afraid that if we do it someone will judge us for it and somehow everything will fall apart you're never really gonna know until you try mm -hmm. and I think people actually respond to ambition quite well most of the time I think we're just we're scared I think a lot of people are scared of being rejected and 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 doing the wrong thing and i think that's a human thing i don't know even know if it's a cultural thing it's just maybe we we uh engage in it a bit more uh, of being afraid of what people will think and what people will say and all that kind of stuff and it's, it doesn't really i mean it matters to a point but really what matters is is how you how you feel about yourself and how that um and how that uh, affects the world. And the work as well, right? At the end of the day, yeah. that's what people, you know, people who have never heard of you have seen you, they're going to just walk away from the work, mm -hmm. right? And that's, yeah. at, at the end of the day, as long as you've done a good job. Absolutely. I've, I mean, I've always, the one thing that I've always wanted to do with my work is to show people the truth of our world. I mean, I've a lot of, I know a lot of people that struggle with, with being an actor or an artist and they think oh this is frivolous i should be doing something better or import more important or more 
you know, whatever. And I, I think theater and acting and, and telling stories has been going on forever. It's been going on since we've became a civilization. And it is important because it allows people who can't be cathartic and can't allow themselves to feel things to really be able to feel for however long that is. You know, people that w don't even cry in life will cry at a movie, you know? And I think there's something about that. I think it, there's something about people being able to feel through you um, and to be touched and to be moved and to be, to have their eyes opened, to learn, to laugh. All of those things are so important. And um, I think that's my main drive is to, is to show people the truth of of the world that they that they're in. Okay, that's heavy. Yeah. What is the truth now that's going to happen with the play in Stratford? This is really exciting. Yes. Let's get into this good stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now yeah. we've done the the backstory, the origin story. Yes, the origins. Take us to the present time and now you're off uh in just literally like an hour or two to Stratford. Yeah, yeah. So explain the play and what's going on in Stratford. This is well, really cool. Um my good friend Fiona Mongillo approached me uh, basically right when I got back from London because I was still trying to, you know, make it work in in London before the showcase and all that. Uh, I moved back in about in March, and a couple months later, she asked me if I would want to act in this play. That is Fiona there actually. <laughs> oh, I have a little card here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she asked me if uh, if I would l like to act in the play we had done a scene from the play for our showcase together. Um, and she said that she wanted to produce it through her already established little theater company in Stratford uh, called Here For Now Theater. And um, as we got talking, eventually it sort of came about, hey, do you, do you think you'd want to co-produce this with me? Because you seem to have a really a lot of great ideas. You're very creative in other ways, visually and and such so um we basically decided right away that we were going to be co-producing and co-starring in this show and she would be executive and then um one of our other co-stars would also be a co-producer so the three of us kind of quickly got together and started you know hiring everyone else and acquiring everyone else that we would need the first was our director Jeanette Lambermont Mori who I worked with uh, uh at George Brown she's an amazingly talented director and I firmly believe every, every actor should have an opportunity to work with her because she's so creative and inventive and knowing and um, has an incredible eye, knows how to work with actors um, and knows how to tell a really good story uh, because she knows people. And um, I was, I was w we had approached a couple of other people, but Jeanette seemed the most uh, enthusiastic about the the work and uh, the play uh, and so she came on board and then everything just fell into place because Jeanette is like a heavyweight when it comes to theater everyone knows her everyone wants to work with her um, because she's brilliant and she was the perfect type of person to tackle a play like this which is uh, not only it's a British play so it's a bit outside of um, our understanding culturally, not that much, but just in terms of the type of humor, the way they talk, that kind of stuff. 
but also the the type of subject matter that uh, it deals with I think she can handle it with a lot of grace and show a real balance between the fact that it is both a comedy and I don't know if we would call it a tragic comedy but it's a black comedy there's a lot of darkness to it what's the play about exactly um essentially it's about four people uh living in London and it's about the the desperation and loneliness that that people can feel in in, in a metropolis and it's uh about, about essentially about our generation of this generation with nothing to lose looking for something anything uh you know love uh beliefs passion um and when you live in a world like London or Toronto or New York or Tokyo, any of those huge cities where we're all packed in and shoved into one another and we're all grinding against the same thing, so many of our needs and our wants as human beings get lost in this, this grind. Um, and the, it's sort of a, a snippet of those uh, those happenings in these these four characters lives and where that can really go if if that desperation goes into complete um mania and chaos like where it could really really go if someone completely um any any of these characters completely gave in to uh that loneliness and desperation and and everyone ends up facing some sort of consequence in the end it's a it's not it's not a happy play but it's not a sad play either it's it's a lot like life um and who do you play in the, out of the four characters that you mentioned there's uh, f- uh i play cassie gray she is a feminist activist and uh the f- three other characters are rose she's uh described as a believer um, Mark, who is described as the marketing guy, and Tim Muffin, um, who's described as a fat bloke. <laughs> uh, and um, that's a great business card. Yeah, <laughs> um, Rose and uh, Cassie are flatmates, and uh, Tim and uh, Mark are flatmates, and they're this world and this story is created with all of this series of connections and misconnections between all four characters um and uh, it's a very fast moving play it's about an hour and a bit mm-hmm. very rapid fire dialogue uh very witty 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 stuff um can you give us a sample give us a couple of lines oh <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'd have to get into my british accent uh. Um, I probably could, uh, I could do a little bit of a a snippet from when I attack Mark on his, uh, thinking that feminism is irrelevant. Oh no, poor Mark. All right, go for it. Let's see. So this is a a quick little sample. (laughs) Think feminism is irrelevant, do you? Think we've done it all, got our equality, what we all banging on about, that sort of thing. Because the rape conviction rate says otherwise, doesn't it? And the murders from domestic violence and the sexual international exploitation of vulnerable women. All these things say otherwise, don't they? Oh, sorry, am I making you uncomfortable? Bet you drive a car, bet you've got a pension, bet you've got savings, bet you've got plans for the future. Wanker. Shit. Fuck. 
<laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> There's the fierce again, yes, too. Yes, that's the fierce right there. That's the fierce. Mm -hmm. Wow, all right. Yeah. So this is playing at the Stratford Masonic Temple. Yes. Uh, first night is August 26th, mm -hmm. and it's going till uh, August 30th. Yeah, seven shows, uh, matinees and evening shows on the weekend, and um, evening shows from the Wednesday to the Friday. Uh, how do you pronounce the title? Just because some it's people have been struggling it, yeah, with it. Yeah, it's, it's Eigengrau, which is a German word for... Um, the color that you see when your eyes are open, but there's no light, so pitch black. Uh, and it, it makes much more sense when you see the play, so come on down and see it. I uh, growl. I growl. I can growl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just Google the Mas Stratford Masonic Temple. Yeah. Or Masonic Mas Stratford Masonic Hall. Yes. And yes. then it'll uh, come up, and it's yeah. August 26th to August 30th. Mm -hmm. It's all over Facebook and Instagram. We have our own website with all the information, media, uh, com. Spell that just for anybody who doesn't uh, know. So it would be here for now, H-E-R-E-F-O-R-N-O-W, Eigengrau, E I G. Uh, e i g e n g r a u dot com, um, and of course you can always look up on Facebook um, or Instagram here for now theater, and all of the information will be on both of those the social media sites as well as Twitter. There you go. So yeah. I just wanna I wanna close with um, uh, another question about theater acting and stuff mm -hmm. in terms of um so i've i've done work in film as a producer and as a writer and as even just a short like a small little actor or whatever mm -hmm. but what's the main difference i guess between acting in a play uh, this might seem obvious but acting in a play and acting in like a film or tv show mm. uh, the more i really think about it and have engaged in both i don't know how different they really are I think there's technical things that are different. When you are on the stage, you have to take into consideration your diction, your um, uh, how far your, your voice will carry, um, staging, movement, certain, like, you can't always, you don't have the um, ability for a close-up or an over-the-shoulder shot. You have to take into consideration blocking and all that kind of stuff. And then with something like film, there's other technicalities involved. Like you can't, you know, be speaking with perfect diction in, in film. It will look weird unless it's a, your character, like you're playing a lord or a queen or something. Um, and even then it, it needs to be pulled back. Um, again, you can't be too loud on film. Um, and there is also the fact that there is something like a close-up so doing really weird things with your face <laughs> isn't always a good idea but i think ultimately as long i mean there's this misconception i think that you know uh, film is smaller it's smaller acting it's not as big you can't be big on film and i think that isn't true i think if you're really really in it and you're being truthful and it's coming from the right place. You can absolutely be big. Some of the best things on film have been big moments, you know, where an actor really just does a, a huge gesture, or a loud s s noise, or or whatever. You know, I don't I don't think that uh, 
there is such a thing as being too big. I think there's such a thing as being untruthful. And uh, the camera picks up on that pretty fast because of how close it is. Um, and then theater, you know, you get the you get the glory of feeling the full arc of the character and playing a full arc every single night. Whereas with film film acting, it's fragmented. You're you sometimes you're doing the last scene on the very first day, and you have to be able to get there pretty fast. And you don't have the uh, the privilege of <laughs> being able to go yeah. through the the whole motion. You know, so I think th- those are my I- ideas of what the the main differences would be. All right, yeah. so. I'm going to be coming by. I am the, so excited for the to opening see night. you. Yeah, in the it'll audience. be so it's not quite London, but it's still another road yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah, it's another road uh, trip and there's going to be a reception afterwards. So oh. you'll be able to hang out and talk with the director and Fiona and the rest of the cast. Oh my, I'll have to get my best uh, tuxedo t-shirt then. Yes, uh, your best tuxedo t-shirt. Yeah. You, you Class can it up iron for the play. That up and yeah. come on down. All right. Yeah. So one more time, the name of this play. Say the word again. It's Eigengrau by Eigengrau. Penelope Skinner. Okay. It's at the Stratford Masonic Hall. And you can get all the information f- with Here For Now Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can go to www.herefornowigengrau.com, which is H-E-R-E-F-O-R-N-O-W. E I G E N G R A U dot com. Great. Thank you, Olivia, for taking some time. Just Thank before you, you for having me. This is so great and exciting. Yay! Thanks for visiting my summer lair. Yes. All right. Bye.